You're listening to Why Try, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicholas Peel, and each week I sit down with entrepreneurs, artists, and others who have found that betting on themselves has made all the difference. I guess this week is Kate Noreen, owner of Mud Puddles, Toys and Books in Sherwood, Oregon. Kate has many years of experience managing retail stores and has a lot of insights on all aspects of creating a great customer experience. One of the things I like best about Kate is that she is fearless. While the rest of us might get mired in doubt and uncertainty, Kate is quick to just get to work and start figuring things out. When it comes to getting things done, I think that's a hard attitude to beat. And I've always wanted to own my own business. So we used to joke about that. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, when are you going to sell me a store? Like on a bad day or, you know what I mean? Okay. And things weren't going so great. So we used to joke about it. Okay. Uh, and then I left and went to work for another um, business. Uh, it was a children's baby boutique over in Bridgeport. So I'd worked for Eddie for, I think, 11 years. Okay. And then I went and, no, not 11, eight years. You can edit that part out. Um, and I worked for Eddie for about eight years. Eight years. And went and worked for this other independently owned business okay who was also run by a woman and i learned so much from her was it like the same field it was a little bit it wasn't toys necessarily it was more furnishings and had just a really different she had a really different background than eddie did Uh she had come from nordstrom's had managed the lloyd center and had opened up nordstrom's on the east coast so she just had a really different approach to retail Right. And I learned so much from her. And it was it was really neat to work underneath her because I'd worked for Eddie for so long and knew her approach. So it was really interesting to see somebody else's because it really is still retail. And right. we are still, our target market is still parents and grandparents. Right. Uh, what was nice of working for, and it was called Goodnight Room, working there was she gave me the opportunity to do buying. And that was one of the pieces that I hadn't done yet. Okay. And I'd worked like for, and I stayed there for like sourcing inventory kind of yeah, stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of neat. That was neat to have that piece because Eddie really liked to do the buying for mud puddles, uh-huh. and I did a lot of the managing day to day operations. It was nice working for her for four and a half years, and then I decided I needed a new challenge, so I thought I'd go out and be a sales rep mm-hmm. for um, some of the different manufacturers. They just have independent sales reps, so you might have, you know, twenty different lines that you're going out and pedaling and I was trying to break into that and then that's when Eddie called me and asked me if I wanted to buy mud puddles okay. which was fantastic so that was kind of the culmination of everything I mean because it was exactly what I wanted to do was own my own business so it was great yeah. when she called me and I did I picked up the phone I'm like of course I do and then I hung up I'm like oh my gosh how am I going to buy this how am I going to buy this store yeah you know, as far as finances okay. so you're talking about like, like a couple of things like, have you always wanted to start your own business? Always. Always? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've been working, but timing is always important. Right. And kind of getting all the right tools uh-huh. that you want, that you need okay. to do that, to be able to do that. Okay. And even from working retail, right? I worked retail out of college, but even in college, I was a business major, but ended up graduating in communications. Okay. That had taken all the business classes, the finance, economics, the marketing together you know together again all that information which I thought was really interesting I just didn't want to be in school forever and right. then I had a small um, I had a retail job at a s- 
small boutique down in downtown Portland. And I loved doing that. I loved working there. And after Kevin and I were married, we moved up to Tacoma while he was going to law school. And I got a job in as a office assistant for a VP in marketing for a hospital system. Mm-hmm. So I'm working in this office, sitting in this cubicle every day. But I got another job at Starbucks. That's back in 1992 when Starbucks was oh, yeah. opening all these stores. Our goal was 2,000 stores by the year 2000. Oh, wow. So it's really yeah. in the early early days of Starbucks. There wasn't one on every corner, none on the East Coast. Yeah, isn't that crazy? It's just mind-boggling to me. It is mind-boggling. I mean, I so I got a job working for Starbucks and I worked evenings and weekends. Kevin's in law school. I have my, you know, my eight to five job Monday through Friday, but then I'd go and work in the evenings and weekends at Starbucks and I loved it. I loved working for them. Oh, so much. What about it did you like? That they were, they really took care of their staff, uh-huh. that it was, you felt like you were part of this big movement, like things were going forward at this, at this pace, but you felt like you were part of that movement. Okay. At that time, every quarter they would have these partner meetings, because we were all partners, Okay. right? Because we had, we were given stock. Oh, you've been there for a certain amount of time. That's done all right, I'm sure. So exactly. <laughs> so you went up there to the roasting plant every quarter if you were in management. It's mostly for in management for the stores. And the CEO Howard Schultz would talk to us like we'd have. On the way. Like yeah. So you met yeah. Like, yeah. So you'd have yeah. this, but it was this big room, yeah. and he'd kind of give us the vision, what they were working for, what they'd accomplished, where they were going. But so you felt like you were part of this, and it was so empowering. And then you go back to your stores and you had to do the budget for your store. Here's what our sales goals were. And I was really, and I'm competitive, so they would always have these little contests between stores, like for our area. I was down in the Tacoma area. And I love that. I mean, even if the prize was free t-shirts for all my store, yeah. for you know, for everybody in my store, like I was going to, we were going to hit those sales goals uh-huh. or sell the most espresso machines or whatever they were, yeah. they were doing. And what was nice about working for... Starbucks is that every time I was comfortable, like, oh, okay, I got this, I'm doing this job well, they gave me a new opportunity. That's a, yeah, that's a good sign of right, yeah. right. So, I, I love working for those. So, after a year working both jobs, I was like, something has to give. So, I left the 40 hour week job and went to work for Starbucks, which people are like, really? But within it was not even two weeks, I was an assistant manager. Yeah. yeah, it was great working for them. I learned so much and they had the corporate, like they would come in, this is how your merchandising should look, you mm-hmm. know, and this is what's coming down the road. I mean, all that marketing plan was done for you at the corporate level, yeah. but they asked me if I wanted, you know, come and be on a, a market marketing training committee. I was like, great, sure. And then, hey, why don't you be one of our master trainers? So then, because we would do seven classes for everybody that was hired for Right. Starbucks. So yeah. then I got to do the training classes. So it was nice because every time I was ready for a new, something new, a, a new, you know, it, whether it was moving to a higher volume store or um, just a new challenge, right. like they handed it over. You know, they're like, yeah. okay, yeah, it was great. That's neat. That's something yeah. I've heard, like uh, Starbucks and like Nordstrom's actually the other one. Yeah. Like two organizations that, like, whenever you worked for them and like 
you should like absolutely put on your resume because um, right. I mean a lot of people my age are like well you know I just worked at Starbucks it wasn't like you know you know it's not really relevant to anything and then basically people are like no mm-hmm. like that that is relevant to everything yeah, uh, yeah. Fix, um, the skills and you know interpersonal thing just everything right. you learn there right right carries over so it, it actually yeah. is like a really good yeah yeah in management they gave you all sorts of training as far as like I still use the employee evaluation that I learned to do there because oh. what I liked is that when I was sitting down and doing employee evaluation they evaluated themselves and then I did the same and then we sat down and it was a conversation mm-hmm. instead of me telling them how well or how not yeah. so well they did they were telling me mm-hmm. this is what I've done this is where I mean because if you ask people to evaluate themselves they're usually harder you're your own worst critic, right? I would say so, yeah. So it was great to listen to people. I said, gosh, I think you really have this mastered. And they're like, no, I really think I can do better in this. So I still do that at yeah. Mud Puddles. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, that's another one of the questions I have. So what do you look for like, when you're hiring people? Mm. Um, that's really hard. That's like one of the hardest is. and most important things, I would think. Oh, completely. Okay. Completely, because they're representing the store the brand, you know, everything mm-hmm. I've put into building mud puddles to where I wanted it. Then it's hiring. It was interesting because when I bought the store, Eddie really wanted me to keep the staff. And I was like, sure. I mean, I'm taking over the store. <laughs> I'm taking on the financial responsibilities, all the buying, the marketing, like having to rehire all the staff. I was like, oh, great. No, that's fine. I'll keep the staff. Like that was going to be a little overwhelming. But I realized as we had some staff turnover and I'm hiring people that I chose, what a big difference that was. Really? Because I really didn't feel, and it takes you a while to figure that out, but the staff that I, what do I want to say, inherited, mm-hmm. um, I was, they, they didn't have the training that I wanted to give them. They didn't have the, the message that I wanted them to be conveying. Does that make sense? And I had to kind of yeah. earn their respect. I was the new owner. Yeah. Is there an you know? example you can think of? Um, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't feel the loyalty okay. from them. And I think that's one of the big things that I look for in a staff person right. is, is loyalty right. um, to the store. And you show that in so many different things. It's just as showing up on time and, you know, following a dress code and then, and then maintaining some of the key points that we have as far as our touch points and customer service and to me that's being loyal to Mm -hmm. mud puddles Um, and I wasn't seeing that in the staff and it was one of those things like you walk out on the floor and you know people stop you know they kind of stop what they were doing because maybe they shouldn't have been doing it or I'm not sure it was just interesting yeah they're just uncomfortable all of a sudden yeah 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 like oh owner on the floor yeah <laughs> quick <laughs> yeah even if you're not doing anything wrong you're like wait it's like i guess if you see like a police officer on the side of the road or something mm-hmm. you're like i'm not speeding but just right like, yeah he, you know, he hit the brakes a little bit just right sure. right right there was an awkwardness and a silence um and then just um an, an insincerity yeah and yeah i didn't i just and it took a while to kind of to figure that all out or like something wasn't quite right um and some a lot of them left on their own accord people are you know it's a part-time retail job um and some of us parted weight you know where i you know 
So this isn't quite working out for both of us at this point. Yeah, just a matter of fit. Yeah, yeah. And right now, I have the most amazing staff that oh. I've hired all of them. All right, and it's, I mean, we're like a well-oiled machine over there. And we always have our hiccups, right? right? But I just feel like the communication level, the customer service level, like I'm sharing what we're trying to do here and what our mission is and our, and and what I want to do with the business and they all get it and they're helping me achieve that. Like we're all on the same page. It's yeah, amazing. Right. It's amazing having fabulous staff. Cause it, yeah. I mean, everybody's heard this. You're only as good as your weakest link. Right. You know, and I had somebody that was a weak link and I'd kept them for quite a while. And it was one of those, I went to a training and I came back and I ended up doing kind of a severance package. And it, so, and it felt like the best way for us to part ways because I really wanted it to be a win-win because uh-huh. um, they weren't necessarily doing anything wrong, but there was just something that wasn't quite right mm-hmm. as far as... Hadn't really clicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And part of it was personality, and it's hard to... You can't yeah, change that. you can't. No. You can't change that. Yeah, because one or the other of you are going to be unhappy Mm-hmm. And it's not really mm-hmm. like sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it wasn't. It definitely wasn't fair to the rest of my staff. When people come to you and, and ask to be scheduled not with somebody yeah. <laughs> on the staff, that's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> that's a problem. That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. That was something I heard. Like it was about someone who had like a reputation for being like a really tough manager. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, if like the first time I wonder if I should fire someone is usually the time that I need to fire them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, like once you start thinking about it, mm-hmm. then like, mm-hmm. I mean, because no one, I mean, it's super hard to do. Like no one wants to fire anyone. It's like, right. Yeah. I, it's just, yeah. you know, it's personally hard. It's like an, a lot, another thing to worry about for the business. There's just, right. Right. Like a lot of, um, like inertia against it. But then I don't know the guy's done, really good things with this company so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's like kind of hard to argue yeah yeah it's well part true. of my philosophy on that is if somebody's getting fired it should not be a surprise like it shouldn't come to a surprise with them like we've already had the conversation right and usually for me it's they're late consistently late and we've mm-hmm. had that conversation and I've given them their three strikes but come in on that third time and you're late mm-hmm. I'm just gonna ask for your key and hand you your last paycheck I mean it, I'm not asking a lot. I'm yeah. just asking you to be on time for your, you yeah, know, your, your nine o'clock shift. So yeah. um, that's probably my number one reason. And you're right. That one's easier because they do, they know, they'd expect it mm-hmm. by that time. I just don't think it should be a surprise right. that somebody's being fired. They sh- you should have had those conversations and helped them develop a plan to kind of get back on track or, you know, something's not working out right. And maybe it's a training issue. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that works out. Sometimes it's great. And also when you have come in and the customer is like really upset by one of your staff. And then when you sit down with your staff, there's a whole nother story to that. And I've learned that as well. You can't just always take the customer's word. Um, You have to kind of, you know, talk to everybody that was involved in that incident. But that's also a part of the learning curve, right? Yeah. (laughs) I would imagine so. Yeah. there are a couple of things earlier on that you mentioned that I want to get back to. Yeah. Um, so you've always wanted to like own your own business. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
why is that um was there something like like in your upbringing or anything that influenced you early on that made you want to want that well without getting into a whole counseling session <laughs> well, I don't I wanna, like, we don't need to like, yeah, psychoanalyze yeah, 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 you yeah 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 like why do you think because yeah. uh, not everyone does right and i do i i do like i am a leader mm-hmm. i'm not a follower does it bother um, you to be a follower Depends on the leader. <laughs> Depends, Fair on the enough. leader. <laughs> Depends on the leader. But I enjoy the development of people. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of having a business or running a business. Or even even when it, we were in the in Girl Scouts, I mean, I liked helping other people reach their goals, right? Um and I, I think that that's, I just, I don't know, I get a lot of satisfaction from that. Um, and then, because I wasn't a big leader in high school, but then in college working for a small business person, there was just something I really, I loved that. I loved going in and opening store. Like I loved especially in retail. And that just seemed like the easiest avenue for me because I really liked that customer service aspect. I liked having customers. I like providing something. They're coming in looking for something. There's some reason that they're in that mm-hmm. store today. So what is that problem? What is it that I can help them solve? Yeah. You know, so I always, that just always has appealed to me. And part of it is uh, my naive arrogance, I call it, where I think I can do it better. Right. Like when you go to somebody's business, yeah. right? Like, oh. This is my business. I would do this, right? It always sounds easy, but then when you actually own it, it's a little different. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that confidence is something that's like not not common in general, but it seems like it's maybe a shared trait among like entrepreneurs or people who do their own thing, whatever it is, whether it's a business or they decide to pursue like some kind of art as a career. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, I don't know, just like na- naive confidence or something. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, it is funny. I And a lot of my friends and family say that about me too. It's not, you know, it's not how I'm going to get it. You know, that I love that, that saying, it's not how I'm going to do it. It's who's going to stop me. Because okay. <laughs> I always, I just, and I'm one of those people like, oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do that. I've always, you know, like fixing our dryer. Oh, I, I, oh we need a new dishwasher. I think I can install that. Yeah, like why not? <laughs> right, why not? Yeah. Why can't I? I'm sure I can. I mean, how hard can it be? Which yeah. sometimes I get into trouble with that. Right. But I, I have always, I don't know why. I don't, you know, I have great parents, but my siblings definitely aren't in that same category. I but I've always kind of thought like, oh, I can do that. I can yeah. figure that out. Yeah, it seems like that's such an important trait <laughs> that like the feeling like you don't have to have it figure it out all the way at the beginning. Like, right. Yeah, no, like, I could figure it out. Like, yeah. And why yeah. not? Yeah. <laughs> I might as well. I might as well. Yeah. Um, that was something, I, so I was asking uh, my mom, like, if she had any, like, good ideas for questions or things to talk to you about. Uh-huh. Um, and the word she used, like, in describing you was fearless. Oh, that's funny. Is that a, a way that you see yourself at all? Yeah, I yeah. do. I do. Yeah, and, and it's, it's always taking advantage of those opportunities that kind of come across. I don't ever have that moment of like, oh, I don't know. I don't think I can do that. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. Right. I have to learn to step back a little bit because if your plate's too full, then you're not doing anything right. very well. But um, 
And it was interesting because she and I first met when the kids were in preschool in the mm-hmm. co-op. But even doing those types of things, like being president of the preschool co-op and um, you know, president of the different packs at the school, all those things I feel like kind of lead you to be have have led me to be a great business owner because mm-hmm. I learned something along the way and all those and it's making all the relationships too yeah with people in our community but I think because I did I did want to when we had you know I was working for Starbucks and we wanted to start a family I Kevin and I talked and I did want to stay home with the kids mm-hmm. but I always felt like I was so busy doing all the volunteer activities mm-hmm. whether it was you know coaching soccer or being on the on the different PTAs and and running the co-op and yeah. volunteering and doing things with the you know I've been on different um, committees with the city yeah, um, well, yeah you mentioned Girl Scouts my yeah. mom said, yeah. uh, like the Shirt Education Foundation board uh-huh, uh-huh. uh Rotary yeah I'm in, the, I'm in the Rotary, Rotary. yeah that's uh, that's relatively that's just been the past three years okay. but even yeah. as a Girl Scout leader yeah. my daughter was in a <laughs> Girl Scout group and she was the kindergartner with all the first graders and I was just like oh I can be Girl Scout leader like again that whole like I can do that yeah. I'm gonna be I'm gonna kill it I'm gonna be the best Girl Scout leader and then pretty soon I was the director of the day camp Okay. and we lost our, our place where we were gonna be down we used to have it down at the Wilsonville Memorial Park uh-huh. and, uh, and so we found a new location I was like we need to be out in Shampooey so we moved the camp out to Shampooey but it was great. I I was director for gosh five years uh-huh. out there. That was a fantastic another just fantastic opportunity where you get to pull in all these volunteers to run this camp, and none of us were paid. And yeah. that's why I was saying we're having so much fun and doing so much work. We got to get paid to do this. Right. And I feel because I've hired at least two of the ladies. Um, at my puddles. Oh really? Yeah. I feel like yeah. I'm like, see, I told you. What's up? Do we get paid for all of our work? <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So you're like really incredibly involved with the community. I yeah. Seems like. Um, yeah. Do you have any like, thoughts on that, or like how that's been like important to you, or? It ha- um, well, and it has. I just yeah. again, that's and part of it. You know, my dad was a Rotarian. My mom did some volunteering but she worked she was a full-time you know she always worked full-time uh, while I was growing up but um, I think that was just part of a pro you know of what they modeled for me mm-hmm. and I want to model that for my kids as well um, I don't think that you can complain about things unless you're gonna you know roll up your sleeves and jump in and help right with the program so mm-hmm. and Kevin and I have always been passionate about the public schools so I mean he ran for school board and I helped him campaign but then I did my own part in you know participating you know in the classrooms so and then as the kids grow and you kind of see the bigger picture and being part of the Sherwood community is is wonderful I think because the more it's interesting because even in the co-op preschool you're volunteering your time but then when I was volunteering with soccer you see the same group of parents right and I was like oh what did I volunteer for and then I get there I'm like I'm not gonna know anybody and I get there and here's all these parents that were before us so it's just that volunteerism I think just helps make our stronger community yeah yeah I'm not one to sit back and complain no about how things are being run I'll just be like I think I'll volunteer (laughs) we can make things a little bit better and it's been helpful 
just being now a business owner, because that was what I really wanted to, was to be a business owner in Sherwood. And I was trying to figure out what business to bring to Sherwood. Mm -hmm. And I was taking these classes that the Sherwood Chamber offered through the Small Business Development Center at PCC. Mm -hmm. And they did a series of five classes and they hosted them right here at the high school, literally a block away. And I was like, well, I'm gonna sign up for that series. And it was, you know, marketing your business, how to write a business plan, financing your business. And I did that the spring before Eddie had called me. So just the whole timing was, but I was, yeah, yeah, I was just finishing my, my time at at Goodnight Room. I was looking for a new opportunity. I wanted to open my own business. So I was putting all these pieces together. I just hadn't decided what the business was going to be yet. Mm-hmm. And is that a weird way to approach it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's going to ask like, well, why, why like a toys and bookstore? Right. Right. And so I approached it kind of where I wanted to own my own business. Let me see what the community needs. So mm-hmm. that's where I was. I was kind of looking right. and then, but that was, um, as I was moving for that, we were really still suffering from the crash in 2008. Yeah. Right. And kind of rebuilding. And I, I didn't feel like our community had that disposable income necessarily. Like everybody really still had, you know, pretty yeah, tight hold on their wallets. Yeah. Um, but I did find during that time that people still spend money on booze and on their kids. Okay. <laughs> Which is an odd thing, but yeah. I really didn't want to open a bar. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and then Mud Puddles was already a dominant force here. Yeah. And so I always had said I wanted to own Mud Puddles. Yeah. So that was perfect. Okay. And that was the industry that I knew. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. I mean, I could have gone into coffee as well because obviously I had that background. But I also felt like we had a pretty saturated market mm-hmm. in that realm. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to like running your store, like how do you decide what to carry, right? Because like, mm-hmm. there are all kinds of like fads and like long-term trends and like right, right how how do you like tap into that information yeah or... the information is out there and, okay. and part of it is listening to your customer okay. and seeing what people are buying it's interesting in toys because you're right there's still always those basics that have never changed you know people everybody should buy blocks for their kids there's just development that happens you know when they're playing with blocks um build it up knock it down sequencing you know that two of these blocks equals one of these you know there's just a lot so you should carry blocks but then what else do you carry um and and dolls and stuffed animals you know there's just some things that change stuffed animals look a little different or right you know but um everybody still likes to have that lovey Uh but then there's so many trends and toys as well and i love going to the toy shows and that's one thing i didn't i didn't see eddie doing um as much as I expected. That was just one of the surprises when I bought the store of how much travel I do of going to the toy shows. Like going to Toy Fair in New York is huge. That's in February. And that's a fantastic place to see what's coming up. Um, And just looking at the whole world of design and fashion, those colors, those styles all trickle down into everything, even into toy. Yeah. It's really interesting. Okay. You really have to look at the, the, retail industry as a whole because um, all those things come 
they go into everything as far as like colors okay like what are the colors that are really popular so what's what are, what are the popular colors now? well like right now uh, like the panatone color for 2017 is is greenery it's called okay but so it's interesting to look at packaging um and what is that doll like the dolls what kind of clothes are they wearing what are the different fabrics that are wearing um like a lot of little decisions go into all yeah yeah oh yeah 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 and it's and it's it's really interesting because there's the um just different patterns in fashion last year and now you kind of see it in the in the packaging because that's what is going to capture a customer's eye right seeing that on the shelf right um and you want something that looks updated and fresh and that white, that really clean packaging, okay. you know, it, and it makes a difference in what your store looks like. So going to the shows has been huge. I also read, you know, some of the different trade magazines. Okay. I follow some blogs online and looking at that. And then there's a couple of different forums that I'm in where people are, you know, we're asking each other, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And and that's been really helpful, just a collaboration with other toy store owners. Uh -huh. That's where I really find it's interesting. And I and I like to collaborate. I'm not yeah. competitive with my other toy store owners, right? right? I'm I want to collaborate. Like, what are you saying? And I'm happy to share information. Yeah. And it's nice being part of the Good Toy Group. It's a marketing co-op, and right. we do our glossy, fancy. And you're all catalogs. such local stores. Like, you're probably mm -hmm. not stealing business from each other. Right. Right. I don't know. Um, like it reminds me like. Like in college, I tried it like a few times to get like study groups together and be like, okay, like the five of us are in all the same classes. Right. Why don't we study together and share all of our notes of knowledge? And people right. were extremely resistant to it. Right. I was like, no, but there are 200 other people here. Competing yeah. with four people against 200 right. is a smart thing to do. Right. Trying to get an edge over those four people and being cutthroat makes no sense to me. Right. I, and I just, yeah, I don't know. So it sounds like, yeah. like a similar kind of reasoning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm definitely... You know, like I said earlier, like I'm competitive in making my store the best store out there. Yeah. But I want to collaborate with other people because yeah. I find the, that the there's just, yeah, it is a win-win. I mean, let's build up the whole completely, you know, the especially toy industry. I mean, because I feel like I'm not going to collaborate with Walmart or Target. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because that, that's where I... I want people to come to the especially toy owners, to the individually owned businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just think that that's what and that's what we need but yeah going getting back to your question as far as knowing what to buy um, and it gets easier every year the more you do you know and I make buying mistakes and I always calculate some risk like there's something I'm like oh I really like that but I don't know I don't know if my customer's ready for that or I don't know if because Sherwood can be pretty conservative I don't know if Sherwood's ready for that Right. You know, or, or do I, are my parents going to buy that? Are they going to be interested? And plus, a lot of the customers I have are grandparents. Right. And some things are fabulous as a toy, but maybe the packaging isn't really giving you the full story. Mm -hmm. So we kind of call that a hand sell. But if I come back and I'm really excited about something, and I do staff training and get them really excited about it and take okay. it out of the box, then we can kind of convey that, yeah. that, that new product to our customers. You know, but sometimes I make buying mistakes. <laughs> well, <laughs> I just have to move on. <laughs> yeah, it seems like that's just kind of yeah. the nature of things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, oh, so you mentioned, um, like, in the world of, like, you know, Target, Walmart, mm -hmm. Amazon, probably. Mm -hmm. 
We, yeah, they're not allowed to say the A word in my store. <laughs> <laughs> um, so those are some like giant, yeah, giant companies yeah. like massive scale, and Amazon is like the free two day shipping and everything. So how do right, you right? How do you set your your store like apart from those? Like, well, that's why I think it's so important to have level of customer service. You know, to actually talk to people when they come into the store. I want everybody acknowledged that comes into my store, they should be acknowledged. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse, I think, than walking to a small store. Um, granted, mine's, you know, over 3,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. But walking to a, a business and where the people that are working there completely ignore you, I just show that that person's important to us, that they walked into the store. But I think having that human contact is important. Mm-hmm. And that's why people are walking in to mud puddles instead of sitting at home. I mean, is online convenient? Of course it is. You yeah. can sit. You don't even have to get dressed. But come in. I mean, it's just such a sensory overload in there with being able to. I mean, because picking out like a stuffed animal. Mm-hmm. Like, how can you do that online? Like, you want to feel it. I mean, it's the texture, right? It's the the feel. How squishy is it? Um, I I find that that being a very emotional buy. Uh-huh. Right, and I yeah. think that having doing that in person, and then we're going to offer the free gift wrap. They get to pick up the paper, but really making it this incredible, all sensory experience when mm-hmm. you come into our store. I mean, that's the only way I can compete with Amazon. Mm-hmm. Are, I mean, some of my things you're going to be able to get cheaper. We're constantly working with our manufacturers, asking them to set map, price, which is uh, minimum pricing, mm-hmm. um, and making sure that everybody's signing that. Because I don't carry Playmobil anymore. I love Playmobil. I mean, you can't. Did you ever play with Playmobil when you were a kid? Uh, what's Playmobil? It's a little. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a German toy, and it was like you could buy your pirate ship and your castle and your knights, and then they oh, had little figurines. That's Playmobil. Yeah, I love Playmobil. And just their little dots yes. for eyes, right? Okay. And they're they're fabulous. I mean, the quality, the pretend play. You know that you can get the spaceship and rocket and all your little people. Was that your the one like a, there's like a pirate ship and like the cannon flips out of the deck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 No, that was like my favorite toys as a kid. Right. Right. Because yeah. you can your imagination. Right. That's what yeah. it's fueled by. There's, like there's hours no, and hours. Yeah. There's no batteries yeah. or anything. It's unplugged play. But yeah, I would play? just sit in my room alone for right. Like, and that's most of my memories from like that age. Yeah. 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 I've just. You're totally a pirate, right? right. And you're doing yeah. all these different scenarios. So we like the products, but... Um... They compete against me online. Playmobil, okay. if you go on Playmobil, they're selling the same thing at 20% less. Huh. Yeah. And I'm just like, why would I carry your product? I feel like the level of customer service I'm giving to my customers, I expect my manufacturers to offer me. And then they're all over Amazon. And they're always... The prices are always cut so deeply. And... And as soon as I stopped ordering from them, never heard a word. Not an email, not a phone call, nothing. Hmm. So. That is weird. Because you, I would, I don't know, maybe, I don't really like know a lot about the industry, uh, but I think yeah. you'd want someone, you need some way of like showing people how cool your products are. Right. And I think right. physical stores are a great right. way to do that in retail. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but they just, I don't, they just don't get it. And I and that's to me, <coughs> and I did order Playmobil and it wasn't moving and I couldn't figure out why it wasn't moving. Because there's but, such a big price disparity. And people are buying it online. Huh. Yeah, and I still get people every once in a while coming in 
But to me, I, I feel like we all are partners where I'm partnering with my manufacturers, with my sales reps, mm-hmm. um, and with my customers. Like we're all in this whole group together striving to have these fabulous toys in the kids' hands, right? right. To kind of take back their childhood, give them some play time with yeah. great toys, help them to learn things either with the science kits or the art kits or right. even a good book, right? right? Like that's the end game here that we're trying to get to. Um, so let's all work together. Right. You know, so I, I just really value the relationships. I mean, that's always been my goal is to have these really great relationships with the manufacturers and with my customers. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that's the thing if they show that my relationship to them isn't that important. And I get it. I'm, I'm mud puddles in Sherwood, Oregon. I'm a little fish in this really big pond. But still, I think that, you know, garner something. I, mean, I have a great relationship with Lego. Lego's huge. Yeah. Yeah. They can they can do whatever they want. Exactly. Like they can, yeah. Exactly. But they I I love Lego. And it's a great building toy. Talk about trends. I mean yeah. they're another one from my childhood. Oh my gosh. And they're still yeah. going strong. They're still going strong. Yeah. And they I mean, and there's Lego knockoffs all over, but Lego's built this reputation and I don't get a great margin on Lego, right. but I get turns. Like it earns its shelf space. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah, and they and they reach out to me. They're doing a program for specialty retailers this year, and offering us this fixture, and we'll load it with this, with the things that are upcoming, like the you know new sets. They've done the more licensing, you know, with some of their the Disney movies or the Batman oh. Legos and oh, yeah, Spider Man. Yeah, yeah. So they're really showing that they want to partner with specialty toy stores because you can get Lego. Right at Target, at Walmart, Fred yeah. Meyer, Lego store. Yeah, I sell a ton of it. People yeah. come to Mud Puddles to buy Lego. I have a great selection. They get it at the same price. I keep my price the same as Target and Walmart because Lego customers know. Yeah, what the prices are, um, but they get it gift wrapped and they have a great experience. They can park right in front of my store and. Cool. Yeah, and they're gonna buy some other things hopefully. <laughs> While they're at the tra- store. Drive yeah. the traffic. Yeah, bit. exactly. That's why it's in the back corner. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you mentioned like buying the company at kind of like a tumultuous time, like economically. Yeah. So it was 2012 when she, yeah. So it was, it was, yeah, it was coming out of it, but, but it is hard when you're looking at sales at, you know, Mm -hmm. looking at the profit and loss statements of where they were and where they were when I took over. Um, and it was interesting because Eddie was having health issues and her manager was as well. Um, she approached me in November and it took a lot longer. I think she wanted, it was the beginning of November um, and she was hoping I could take over at the end of the year and that's really not possible. Right. <laughs> I mean, as far as getting financing, I didn't have the money just sitting around. Right. So going, and then going to banks um, and getting alone yeah, so, so what was that process like was oh, it... it was horrible okay it was horrible i mean just the lending had really tightened up um they wanted something what are you going to use for collateral because the business you're leasing so mm-hmm. there's no building involved and then it's just the inventory and the fixtures and they're not worth you know right. a lot like that's the thing like if you close that door tomorrow sold off everything in there 
-hmm. that's not enough to collateralize the loan that I was right. looking for. Because I also needed cash flow. Because here, hand me the keys, and guess what to do this month? You know, yeah. payroll and yeah. and um, rent. Yeah. And so you also have to have that cash flow. So I went around talk, and some banks wouldn't even meet with me, wouldn't even talk to me, because I wasn't expanding the business. I was purchasing okay. it. Um, so I did end up with talking with Bank of Oswego. They had a branch here in Sherwood, and um, and it, they were great. They were great to work with. Well, they were the only ones that would really talk to me. But we did, you know, have to put some property. I mean, that's a thing yeah. that people, I don't think, understand the huge financial risk you're taking. Right. And, of course, me, I thought, this is a no-brainer. Like, I'm going to kill this. Like, this is going to be amazing. Oh, right. okay. oh, I wrote this whole business plan. I was going to ask, like, were you, were you scared at all? Because that's a lot of money to have out in debt. It is, but I really... To just, me, again, it was just a no-brainer. I just thought, oh, yeah, I need this piece of property for collateral, but there's no risk. I mean, I really just didn't see it. I just thought, saw it as a piece of paper. Just sign it saying, yeah, if I default on my loan, they're going to take the, you know, <laughs> the it was a townhouse. and <laughs> But to me, I just, I just didn't. I mean, there's always things beyond our control, yeah. right? What if there was a fire? What if there was a flood? You know, right, I don't know, yeah. the big earthquake or something but i can't worry about those things because i have no control over them right. but as far as running a successful business as i was not a doubt in my mind at all so um but it that is i mean you are taking on a lot of debt yeah. you know and but and making those payments every month was painful um and the business doesn't run in the black six months of the year you okay. have to wait till november and december oh, when man. people are buying for christmas okay that makes so sense. yeah yeah so that was hard too i didn't expect like we got to september i'm ordering all this stuff to come in for christmas and september is the third worst sales month after january and february okay because everybody's going back to school they're buying their clothes they're buying their school supplies they're not buying the toys right um and that was painful like I was like I mean that's what I had like okay I, I was putting things on business credit cards like mm -hmm. I mean I at that point had so much that I owed that's where that's when I started getting nervous okay. um you know but still made my rent still made you know payroll I mean those were my two major um you know called I had a big um, payment due to one of the toy manufacturers and I was like can I put half of it on a credit card and half of it I'll pay by check and they worked with me they were yeah. great I mean people but I mean calling again having a relationship and calling yeah. like so hey yeah. yeah so you know hard lessons learned then you know let's have that ship in October <laughs> or later um, but then then in comes December and then you just like are paying back all the credit cards line of credit yeah. you know so I feel like at the beginning of the year you start digging a hole mm -hmm. right and it gets deeper and deeper and then you get to fourth quarter and you fill it all in and you hope so you're kind a of little doing above. it faith a little bit yeah, yeah 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 and then comes January and you start digging again wow. so yeah so it's not for the it's not for the faint of heart not at all not at all but I just you know sometimes like ah oh, it's only money like monopoly right it's monopoly money yeah and, and it's funny because i am married to a warrior i'm just like it's all gonna work out no worries it's all gonna work out 
Good. Okay. Okay. Just shake his head. Okay. But it's been great. I mean, in five years, I've grown the sales, the gross sales, like 34%. Wow. Serious? Yeah. Five years. That loan? That's paid off. Paid all those payments. So that's great. Yeah. 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 Now I'm ready to take on the second store. Yeah. Okay. So tell me more about that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hoping to have the second store. Um, And. I'm back to the drawing board as far as financing. Okay. And again, it's just as painful. Bank of Oswego doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> they went under, um, not because of my loan, um, but they were bought by another bank. So, and I've gone to um, another, Not, and I'm trying to, I really want to stay with community banks, smaller banks. Mm-hmm. So there's one based in the Northwest here, he who shall not be named, um, but they denied my SBA. I, and I applied for an SBA loan where it's not collateralized by real estate. Um, I wanted it on my own merits and I was denied. So that was a bummer, but I will not be deterred. I am determined. So I'm looking at some other, I've gone and talked to another bank and I have a third one in line if this one doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. But I also, it's interesting because I thought it was a relationship where I'm going to, I kind of asked for the world I asked for money to buy the business, uh-huh. and I want a new sign at Mud Puddles, and I want a new cash wrap, and you know, and, and to me, I'm like, I've proven my track record. I mm-hmm. just paid off a loan, so I'm just going to take out another loan, and I, and I bumped it up a little bit, but it's a 10-year loan instead of five-year. So, right? So, to me, I was kind of rationalizing, like, this to make sense. I'm not a... I've paid it off. I showed my track right. record. So I was really shocked when they denied me. But I thought they'd come back and like, oh, we can't do this much, but we'll come to this much. Right. But it wasn't. Was that kind of your attitude? Like, ask for a lot and then kind yeah. of meet them in the middle? Yeah. 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 I mean, I just, you know, I just thought that we would do it. And I just, I mean, I walked out of there. I was, I was embarrassed. And I was like, now what went wrong there? <laughs> like, I just thought it would be more of a conversation. But with this bank, there was a... The person I was working with as an SBA loan specialist, so he didn't wasn't really able to move me to a different package. Because again, I could always go down that other road and have a term loan secured with a piece of real estate with some collateral. Um, but it was just like, no, good luck. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well that didn't really work out. But that's okay. I mean, to me, I think in the long run, they weren't the bank for me because I want to move everything over. You know, I want to move. And, you know, checking everything over. So I, again, have this relationship with this bank that, you know, it's a win-win. So I'm working on that. But I really, I'm looking forward to having a second location. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be, and it's an existing store. um, And. So where is it located? I can't tell you yet, but it's in Portland. So it's an urban store. Okay. And my puddle's a suburban store, and this is an urban store. And it's been around for years. And I think it'll be really nice to have this more diverse customer base. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I would see things at toy shows. I was like, oh, that is awesome. If I had a store in Portland, it'd be a uh, no-brainer. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. So, so that, now I can be like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get, we're going to do that. Um, and it has a, a staff. It has a manager in place. Um, but I'm just really looking forward again because I kind of I like having that new challenge. Yeah. And this will be really challenging. Okay. And it comes with a warehouse because their rent in Portland is much higher. Uh-huh. So you don't really want to pay rent to have a storage room, right? right. So they have an offsite warehouse where where the things come in. So that's a whole new... 
which we had that at Goodnight Room too. Mm-hmm. Um, they are located in Bridgeport, so they had a warehouse. So I have a little bit of experience with that, but um, yeah, I'm really just looking forward to just oh, growing the business and you know and having opportunities and looking at the Portland market too, and then meeting other owners in that area uh-huh. in that more urban area I don't know I just think I can learn so much because yeah. the store has been around for a long time longer than mud puddles and I just think what can I learn there like right. not as far as like oh I want to take that store and help move it along mm-hmm. and help it grow but I'm also like what can I learn like what systems do they have in place that would be great to use at mud puddles too interesting yeah yeah. yeah, I mean, your excitement really comes across. Yeah, I think. oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm bound to determine. Somebody's got to give me money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. Um, so you're not slowing down at all. Um, not so much. Yeah. Do you think you want to do this, um, like, forever? Yeah, I okay. do. I do. So I just like, no thoughts of retirement? Just... No, I just, I don't know. I'm not, and it's interesting, I think, don't, I mean, and maybe you've seen this, I just think retirement looks different nowadays. I think people, the way people would work and like they have this end day, like I've never been, I've just never had that attitude because I really like working and maybe I'll work less and in a different capacity, but this is an awesome industry. I mean, it's amazing. I love the toy industry and I love small business and I love being part of the community. And I think, I don't know, I just don't know. I don't look forward to a retirement like I'm not clocking right. in and clocking out where I can't wait for it to be over yeah like I'll be sad <laughs> yeah well that's really good uh, that's kind of my thoughts too on it yeah like, yeah I don't know like if you want to retire maybe the thing to really think about is whether your your work now is meaningful to you mm-hmm. um, I don't know yeah just yeah yeah and it's not that I'm looking at building this toy empire to pass on to my kids or that needs to stay right. in the family. But hopefully there's still be a need for a neighborhood toy store, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. Yeah, you're you doing know, it because you like 10, it. 10, yeah. 15, 20 years. But then what does that look like of who I can pass it on to? You know, mm-hmm. And that's what's important. I think that's what's really difficult too is looking at some of the small businesses is that um, there aren't people that, want to come in and buy them, especially retail. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs and there's some a great community in Portland as far as, and there's lots of things being funded yeah. um, in different fields. But I know a lot of the toy stores are struggling with having somebody come in and buy their business so they can retire because that's an aging group right now. Right. And it's not something that, you know, somebody that's 25 out of college is like, yeah, I think I'll buy a toy store. Right. Or maybe, you know, so. so, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I would think Portland would be one of, like, the friendlier cities for, like, a lo- for you know a local mm-hmm. store of any kind. Mm-hmm. It's got mm-hmm. that, oh, it seems like truly value, um, I don't know if the, is it artist in the right word? Mm-hmm. Like those, like they, they really value the touch, like the personal touch. Right, 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 right. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you're right on that. I think Portland is, um community I mean as long as as far as your restaurants too like the whole support local support Portland mm-hmm. is like a lot of their food really is just thriving. locally sourced right yeah. right right but I have a friend he's he closed his toy store um, just after Christmas and he had that I mean his his grandparents started the toy store but it's in uh, Michigan and it's in an area they said he said they've 
had nonstop construction in their town, like on the streets, and that can really impact a small business if people right. can't, you know, pull up in front of your store or can't turn on the road that goes to it. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that can be a, yeah, a death sentence it, to your business. Um, but he also just said the economy is so depressed that again people need to have that that income because mm-hmm. um, I'm obviously my customer base isn't a price only right they're looking at something Experience. else with their buying with their yeah when they're buying mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so um, but that's scary it's scary because every year more of the toy stores are are closing or going out of business or they want to retire and they can't right. find anybody to buy it um, so that definitely weighs on me when I yeah. think about that. I'm like, ooh, that's precarious. But but sometimes you just have to kind of, I can't, again, that's right. not within my realm of control. So I try to turn and just focus on um, keeping my pedal strong. And right. it was great. I had a customer come in yesterday from um, Thinker Toys in Portland. Okay. Uh, it's her toy store where she usually goes. She's okay. a grandmother. And they didn't have a high chair for a doll. So she called and we had two different styles and she came out yesterday and she was so, is so, I love the way she said this. It was so incredulous. She's just like, who would have thought this toy store out here in Sherwood? And I think she was thinking of like six corner Sherwood, like Sherwood from years ago. Okay. And she's like, who would have thought? I go, actually, it's a great place to have a toy store. We have four elementary schools in the area. Yeah. I go, we have a big draw from Newburgh. Wilsonville, Tiger, Twalton, as far as geographic region mm-hmm. that we draw from. And she was, oh, well, now Southwest Portland. So I thought that was great because she drew out from Southwest Portland to come out to our toy store. But it was so funny. She's like, who would have thought this toy store in Sherwood? Yeah, I was going to ask, actually, like, well, how'd you decide Sherwood? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you and like Kevin had moved here. Mm-hmm. And was that like a big part of it was... why you want something kind of more local that yeah. Involved, like, your community. And, and we, yeah, definitely. We wanted to be down in the Portland area. Um, and it was funny because Kevin ended up just finding a place to rent because we had a dog and a two year old. Okay. Right. And then we ended up, and I was horrified at first. Like, Sherwood, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, it's what? Like... Why'd you? Well, it's a, I found a duplex. I had a fenced yard for the dog. I'm like, okay. But then when we were looking to buy a house in six months, we looked all over in Portland. Uh-huh. Because I wanted to be in, you know, hipster young mom in Portland. Yeah. <laughs> but gosh, looking at the prices of houses and what you got for them was crazy. And we looked in well, and then of course we're looking at schools. So then we were looking at the Westland, Wilsonville. Mm-hmm. Um, we looked at a house in Lake Grove in the, you know, Lake Oswego school mm-hmm. district. Um, and Sherwood had good schools at that point. They mm-hmm. built Archer Glen. Uh, they were getting ready to break ground I think they were going out for the bond for Middleton um, so that was interesting because then this house we were literally in the duplex around the corner right. we moved a block away uh, that was like the best moving trip oh my gosh it was great yeah. I know I thought if we could just get some you know carts uh, <laughs> and move things over um, but I saw this house the for sale sign went up and I'd been walking by it going down to take Korean to the park and I thought, oh, they have new carpet. I think they have new cabinetry in there. Like, because I'd seen, you know, all the things going on in the yeah. garage in front of the house. So, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, who would have thought? I would, if you would ask me, 
I was like, no way. But by that time, Karina had started preschool. She turned three, started preschool. So, and I'd met more and more people in the community. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, I was shocked that we ended up in Sherwood. But yeah. look at now, I'm one of the few people that actually right. live and work in Sherwood because there's not very many people that right. yeah. <laughs> live and work. That one mile yeah. commute well, is really working you out. Here, you're like one of the most like, engaged <laughs> members of the community. Like, there's not really anyone who's like more Sherwood than <laughs> Marine. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'm not running for mayor. <laughs> you're not, not yet? No, no I won't. Never? Um, is that just a matter of like where you draw the line or yeah I think it's a I think it's a bit of a thankless job going into um, politics yeah so and you know everything becomes an open book and I don't know I am definitely a greater good person Um, you know as far as not having your own agenda um, but yeah I'm so happy being a small business owner I just you know I want to focus on that Okay. So, yeah. Um, right. Oh, one thing I haven't asked you about. Um, how has um, I don't know how to phrase it. How has being like a woman influenced uh, like your experiences like with entrepreneurship, with city engage like civic yeah, engagement? Yeah. Is yeah. that? That's a, that's a interesting because I I I feel like it's something that I've. that I don't plan for and then when I run into it as far as being a woman and I'm not being taken as seriously as I thought or as seriously as I want um, I get really frustrated mm-hmm. uh, and I think part of it like looking like for financing mm-hmm. um, back when I first bought when I first bought my puddles I think that was um, I think that was something that was a against me with one of the you know right. I don't want to say I don't think statistically I could, it is though yeah it, like definitely definitely there's a strong bias against lending to like like women business owners right right um and it's and it is frustrating and yeah. and I do want to and it's funny because I do use humor a lot in my life I uh-huh. just you know you can't take things too seriously but then when I do want to have that serious moment and um you know, I really want my voice to be heard. It can be, it can be frustrating. And even, and it's funny, even when I was, when other things within the community, like being a, like when I was being a, when I was a soccer coach and mm-hmm. it was when the girls were more in middle school. Um, and I went to the training that they offered through OSAA and I have a really good friend who is a, a club soccer coach and I went and met with him and I was just taking it really seriously like as far as getting the girls trained but doing it in a way that suits that age group right like sixth grade girls they're a widely yeah. group right right it's just a hard <laughs> right. stage of life right yeah. exactly sixth grade yeah and so and I felt like I really knew sixth grade girls well just from my time in Girl Scouts mm-hmm. um, and being a leader and doing running the day camp um, I mean, I had 350 girls one summer. Wow. Like, we ran a day camp for 350. Wow. Like, that's amazing. That. Right? I would not <laughs> sign up for that. Right? No. But I yeah, loved it. 
I loved it. And so I felt like I had that. But then they assigned me a, a, a gentleman as my assistant. Uh-huh. And he wanted to run the team. Huh. And I kept like, wait a minute. I got this all planned out. I, like I had my practices planned. Like we'll start with this and then we'll do this. And I'd used to incorporate a lot of games. Uh-huh. Because um, I think it's much more fun learning your skills right. through yeah. games than like. I don't like, want to do drills. All right, day. exactly, yeah, exactly. Like, let's make this fun. Yeah, and they're children. Yeah, yeah. exactly. They're sixth okay. grade girls. If it's not fun, they're not going to do it. Um, it's no point in yelling at the kids. Um, so, anyways, it was. I had so much frustration, and I ended up having another dad that. And again, he probably just didn't finish his, fill out his paperwork, but he really wanted to help coach too. So then I had two of these dads that, again, they were kind of trying to take over the team. I'm like, excuse me, excuse me, head coach here. <laughs> so it was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really frustrating. And anyways, I decided after that I wasn't going to, wouldn't, I wouldn't coach again. Um, so I moved into the team manager role. So okay. well, that was better. That was fine. Yeah. <laughs> a little less confrontation. Yeah, least. a little less co- more. Yeah, a little less. Um, but it's interesting being in our chamber, uh, and I'm on the chamber board here. Mm-hmm. I'm setting, serving my second term, and and I haven't really. I think after five years, and I think the reputation of my puddles, I really I haven't had an issue as far as being a woman. Okay. Yeah, I think that. I have the respect from fellow business owners and have a voice. Right. Um, I really try to give back the, to the community as far as helping sponsor um, things, you know, right. within the community fund runs and things in the schools. So I think that's been help. I think that's been helpful. You know, when we have ribbon cuttings and all those good things, I always try to attend. And yeah. and it was great because when I bought my pedals, I joined the chamber. Went. I ended up using a guy in the chamber for my credit card processing, my merchant processing. Okay. Um, ended up using a guy in chamber for my business insurance. You know, so I really tried to garner, you know, I use Adam's screen printing for, you know, oh, yeah, ordering yeah. my aprons, doing my, you know, embroidery. And um, so I do try to use local businesses when I can mm-hmm. for some of the things that I need. Yeah. And again, I think that's just another win-win even my business cards i don't use vista oh my gosh online like i actually used a local printer and people all the time are like oh that's a nice business card what is that where'd you get that <laughs> but i use somebody in tiger so uh, yeah so and and even to do redo the um i really wanted to upgrade the umbrella girl and the mud puddles just the logo uh-huh. right logo. and i found a gal here in sherwood and again at chamber breakfast, you know, I kind of listen. Then afterwards, I go over. I'm like, hey, I really, I have some design work because I didn't know how do you go about changing your logo, and I kind of knew exactly what I wanted. Right. Um. So that was great, though, and I actually used a customer to do our website, mm-hmm. upgrade our website. Yeah. Cool. So it's been nice. I mean, that's again, I just think that's been a huge, and I think walking the talk helps get over those hurdles of people not taking you seriously as a woman business owner. Right. Right. You gotta, you know, be able to run with the big dogs, I guess. Yeah. But you have to like prove, yeah, that's like the frustrating part. I guess is that you have to like prove yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's nice because the other day Kevin was saying, because <laughs> somebody asked him, like, oh, aren't you married to the owner of Mud Puddles? I was like, finally, because I cannot tell you how many times I've been, aren't you Kevin's wife? <laughs> okay. Oh, you're Kevin's wife, aren't you? So I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> Recognition. <laughs> like, he was asked if he was the, yeah. <laughs> the husband of the owner of my puddle, so I'm like, yeah, that's more like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's good, that's good. So what? Why do you think more people don't? Uh, I just start their own businesses or like go after their own like passion or yeah. Because um, I think everyone has something that they, you know, maybe are like not uh, like maybe meant to do a little bit more than like other things. Yeah. Yeah. So like, why don't yeah. Uh, what do you think it is that holds people back from that? I, don't know. I think there's a lot of roadblocks and you do have to be ready to take that risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a certain skill set with that. To me, I think timing is really important. And I think that's something that people get wrong sometimes. Okay. You know, like you... Like they try you, to force it or... Yeah, okay. yeah. And I think there's great timing for everything. For everything. And I think, you know, also being really open to opportunities when they come your way mm-hmm. of going ahead and jumping in and just knowing, you know, and just having that, because again, it's kind of taking that risk, but just like, I think this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. I think this will be a good move. Um, but I think fear, obviously, is a big thing that mm-hmm. holds people back. Um, but you have to, because I want to say, it's not like I didn't know what I was doing. It's not like I didn't you know, sign up, like I said, for those classes or go and talk to other business people. Um, and you know, I had to knock on several banks doors Yeah. and I put a lot of time into writing that business plan and I took it down to the small business development center and had them read through it. And I think knowing those resources that are out there, cause there are so many resources, mm-hmm. um, that you can take advantage of. I've met with somebody at the score workshop and I still beat myself up because there's more resources if I took the time that I think I would benefit from. Um, but I think people have to realize that, like they have to do their kind of their homework mm-hmm. and fleshing out their idea, you know, like what does that look like? And there's so many different places that you can go and, and utilize to kind of help, help you kind of develop what that plan is going to be. Mm-hmm. Like really taking the time to, I mean, if you want it, then like putting it in writing was huge like this is what i want to do with mud puddles like this is where it came from and it's kind of honoring where it was and where i wanted to take it but i think if you have like this original concept it's been really interesting watching some of these like toy inventors come up with their idea their concept like two bros bows for example they have this bow and arrow and her two sons kind of came up with this concept and it's PVC pipe and you know Uh that's bent and these arrows that are you know it's wood with a big huge like it's basically cotton and fabric so you don't like maul your yeah exactly Uh, but they yeah yeah, exactly but but it's it's kind of looking at and kind of doing your research of how do you develop that how do you get it to market and then going and talking to you know toy store owners or parents and kind of I mean you have to have that kind of part dreamer mm-hmm. part of you but it's also important to have that 
that side of you that really can be successful because sometimes that person with the concept it's kind of finding the resources around you whether that's a person Mm -hmm. um to help you take it to your next level because that's what i found kind of surrounding yourself with people that have a skills like somebody in finance that's better at that bringing them on board like having a i have a great accountant right right and then i hired somebody to help me with my bookkeeping because yeah. I hate doing bookkeeping. Yeah, so you don't have to know how to do everything. Exactly. You just need to put pieces together. Exactly, but finding those people and kind of bringing them on board, can I help you? So then you can kind of keep your vision and mm-hmm. drive that bus, but they can kind of help, you know, be your support team. Because I think it is, I think that's important. And kind of knowing where you do need that help. Because I am kind of like... <laughs> When I bought the store, I think Eddie thought there was going to be a lot more mentorship. And we did do that at the beginning before I actually bought the store. Like, I asked if I could be in the store for a month. She showed me the point of sale system. Like, I literally worked on the floor for free just to kind of reacquaint myself because I'd been gone for five years. And reacquaint myself. There was a new computer system, obviously new staff. The products had changed a little bit. Yeah. Um. But I didn't want to take for granted that I knew everything. But then as soon as signing day, I was like, hand me the keys. Okay, let me do this. You know, like, okay, I got this. You know, like teaching yourself how to ride a bike. Like, don't hold on to the bike. Like, I'll figure this out. Let me figure this out. I'll figure it out on my own. But I really, that's kind of was my attitude. Um, Like, okay, give me the store. Okay, now I'm going to run this, you know. So I didn't want my hand held. Right. I just wanted to do my own thing. Yeah, you're a lot so, like my sister. In that <laughs> way. Right. Yeah, so I think there's that stubbornness, you know, that you have to have. But I think people keep telling you, you know, when you have this idea or you want to be that entrepreneur, take your, you know, take your vision. I think putting it down in writing, putting the team in place, but then also like really being a driving force in it. Because mm-hmm. people are going to say, you know, you, you get a lot of advice. Yeah, advice is cheap. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's not always right. So you still have to kind of listen to yourself. But you also, you know, can't be so stubborn like, you know, oh, that actually makes sense. I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I could benefit from I that. See that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even with the podcast, like I've gotten a lot of ad- mm-hmm. advice. And I'm ma- I, yeah. I've made a point of like asking people like, oh, like, what do you think of like this intro sequence or like, yeah, because yeah, I need like the... Song and right. like a little narrative to like introduce the podcast. Yeah, sure. Uh, and I asked a bunch of people, and like there was kind of a consensus around like one title, and I was like, well, I don't know, like, no, never mind, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can have your own podcast. You can do your own thing. Right, right. I I like this one better. I'm gonna do this one. Yeah, people always are giving me advice like, oh, you should carry this in mud or You should carry that. Yeah. And I was just like, mm, yeah. yeah. Well, you sound like you're running your own store. Yeah, exactly. Or, or they just don't know, you know, Sherwood, or they don't know mm-hmm. our customer base. I mean, it's different, right? right. So yeah, you have to. Every each one's it. unique. Yeah. And then, so I guess like one last question. So like, what do you, what have you learned now that you like you wish you had known like when you were starting out? <laughs> like, is there anything? Have there been like surprises yeah. or, or like any advice you would give to like some. Right, past right. version of yourself right um, um i think i think i still struggle with like the work life 
balance. Okay. I think that's really hard when you have your own business because mm-hmm. you can just work all the time. It's hard to, you know, like in the evening, I tend to just stay late at the store because it's quiet after closing. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know. Yeah, exactly. And I am a night owl, um, so I stay late anyways. And and especially with a laptop coming home, you can keep on working even after I do make it home. Right. Um, but kind of giving myself really, and I did set myself for Sunday Mondays off, but I rarely. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> have a Sunday Monday off okay. I think scheduling I think I was just talking to Kevin about this but really having vacations like set a vacation and people tend to think because I go to these toy shows um, you know like so far this year I went to the right. gift show in Vegas I went to New York but I'm working the whole time like right. I'm working harder than I'm at the store because yeah. I'm trying to see the trends I'm trying to meet new manufacturers asking questions right. meeting other toy stores owners I have a all day yeah. board meeting when I'm there. Every minute there is a lot more valuable. Right, it's, it's right, so, right. So limited. Right, and then when I come home, nobody's done my job while I've gone. The store yeah. is open, but like as far as, you know, there's a stack of invoices, payroll, you know, mm-hmm. all those other things. Um, but I think having, it would have been nice to have just build in, you know, like a five-day vacation where it's truly a vacation. Yeah. Because I think it is important. I mean, you do so. go back and, and you're kind of recharged, but just really kind of also setting that life work balance i don't feel like i've missed a lot but when i bought the store i wanted to do everything right myself for that first year i wanted to i did the payroll i wanted to do the but i wanted to see where the money came from and where it went Mm -hmm. and that to me i just told myself like i really need but then i started delegating and i think maybe if i started delegating a little bit earlier Mm -hmm. would have been good too Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean it's good to delegate and yeah. I love it because I've done it right now. I've kind of got it all. Yeah. You know, I had somebody for marketing. I had, you know, like I said, I have a bookkeeper now. I, I hired a payroll, right. you know, um, uh, service. So that's been kind of nice. But yeah. really, I think getting to that point of being able to delegate is important because then you can really focus on the part that you love. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I know you're really busy, so thank you for taking the time. <laughs> yeah, of course. I really appreciate it. This week's guest once again was Kate Marine, owner of Mud Puddles, Toys, and Books in Sherwood, Oregon. You can find her at Mud Puddles, Toys, and Books and online at mudpuddlestoys.com. Music for this podcast is provided by Cambrian Explosion, located in Portland, Oregon. You can find them on cepdx.bandcamp.com. To find more conversations like this one, check out Why Try the Podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And please do me a favor by hitting subscribe and going online and leaving a review so that more people can find Why Try the Podcast. If you have feedback, questions, or ideas for guests to appear on the show, send us an email at whytrypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're also on Twitter, where you can find out more about future episodes at Why Try Podcast. Thanks for listening.